Hello, hello, and welcome to The Mental Matchup, a podcast where we hope to shed light on one of the hardest competitions an athlete will ever face, the matchup against their own mind. I'm Kat, and today I am joined by Tara Kerr. Tara is a senior at William & Mary and is on the varsity women's lacrosse team. Tara grew up in New York City before moving to the Jersey Shore during COVID. Throughout high school, Tara was a multi-sport athlete, helped tutor at Harlem Lacrosse, and was also a surf instructor for five years. She's created an Instagram that has helped to share her mental health and wellness journey, so please check it out after the episode at TS Good Vibes. I'm really excited to have Tara come on the podcast. She talks a lot about how she struggled at the beginning of college with loss, injury, and dealing with strict rules of COVID. She used journaling and affirmations as constructive ways to help deal with difficult times. And she also touches on how opening up to her teammates and sharing her personal story with them has been very freeing for her um, in energizing and empowering. And I'm so grateful for Tara to come on to the mental matchup and share her story with me. So with that, let's get right into it. Tara, thank you so much for coming on The Mental Matchup. I am extremely excited to have you on and talk about you and your experiences and everything in between. So to kick us off, can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, where you are, and what you do? Yeah, I am going to be a rising senior at William & Mary. I am a defender on the lacrosse team. I've played lacrosse since eighth grade and fell in love with it. And it's seen all the good and the bad in me. So I just love the sport. Um, I'm from New York City, but recently moved to New Jersey. So I've seen both the suburbs in the city. And I'm a marine biology major. So kind of going down a different path, but really enjoying it. Marine biology seems so cool. Yeah, it's I love it. I was like obsessed with the ocean since I was little. So I was like, what job can get me closest (laughs) to the beach? And I just stuck with the marine bio obsession that like we all had as a kid. I was going to say, I feel like, yeah, I I quickly realized science wasn't my thing, but I definitely had that on my list of like jobs that I wanted to do when I grew up in elementary school, which is so funny. Um, Let's let's start at kind of the beginning, like what what was growing up like in terms of your sport and what kind of role did sports play in your life, especially when it comes to your identity? Yeah, sports played a huge role in my life. I was always like a moving kid and my parents just threw me in like every sport possible when I was a child. And then I started in middle school, like to play competitively. And I swam, I swam, swam competitively my whole life um, and kind of decided that wasn't for me. And that's when I found lacrosse. It was just seemed like a cool sport that I wanted to try, but I'd played at that point, like basketball, soccer, and I was running track in middle school. And so my identity was like completely wrapped around being an athlete. And all through high school, I played, I played the four sports. So Um, it was a lot, but I loved it because I really enjoyed being active. Um, and it really was a big part of who I was. And I found that 
it also spurred my kind of passion for female empowerment from like a young age of like being a girl in sports and seeing that I was really athletic, but people wouldn't celebrate that on like boys wouldn't celebrate that. And that really frustrated me when I was little. So I started kind of in getting interested in that realm, but didn't really get into it until high school. And then college when I started to experience a lot of struggle around sports and then outside of sports, um, I started to realize kind of the whole person, not just the athlete part. Um, but I definitely owe a lot to athletics. I've been moving since I was, I can remember. So I've definitely, like my whole identity has been being an athlete. Within that athletics piece and playing so many sports, at what point did you realize that it was a possibility to play a collegiate sport? And how did you kind of come to the decision to, you know, play lacrosse at a division one school? Yeah, I, um, I always had this pipe dream when I was little of like swimming in the Olympics and I was not a very good swimmer, but I'd like convinced myself like, okay, you're going to swim at Stanford and then you're going to go to the Olympics, just like everybody else who swims at Stanford. Um, and then in middle school, I'd gotten hurt in like seventh or eighth grade. I hurt my knee. And so I had to stop and I kind of realized that sport wasn't for me and I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't love it anymore. And my like babysitter had coached lacrosse. So she had given me a stick and I was like, you know, I'm going to try something new. Um, there's not a lot of lacrosse in New York city. So I joined like a little kind of rec club team in eighth grade and, and I I'm an athletic person. So I ended up doing well just cause I could run and I picked it up relatively quickly. And so I was like, wait, I like this. I like being good at it. Um, and then I was like totally thrown for a loop when I tried out for a real club team when I was one of the worst there. And I like left crying and made the B team barely. And which was such a blessing in disguise too, because it really pushed me to work hard and like realize the time commitment it takes to be a D1 athlete. Um, just even like me trying to move up from like the B team to the A team and going through recruitment or recruiting and all of that. Um, but I always had this idea that I would be a college athlete. I didn't really know what that meant when I was little, but then in high school, when you really had to put in that time and outside of the sports you're playing in high school, going to the wall, like putting in those extra reps. That's when I realized that this is serious for me. And I really enjoyed lacrosse because I started it late. So I felt like I was kind of free of the burnout that a lot of my friends were starting to have in terms of athletics. It was new to me. It was exciting, something to work for. Um, and then I was really lucky that William and Mary kind of fell into place for me. It like I went to another school's camp where I really wanted to go there and the William Mary coach was there and we like connected a month before September 1st. And I went there for a camp and it all fell into place. So it really did happen for a reason. That's why I believe everybody ends up at the college are supposed to, because I like did not have William Mary on my radar at first. And now I like love it. I'm, I'm from Northern Virginia. So like very like well-versed in the Virginia schools and it's very interesting like you growing up in New York city, finding yourself in like Williamsburg, Virginia, yeah. um, which like probably people on, in the audience might not like know what Williamsburg is like, but think like Jamestown vibes, like very historic. The very, colonials. Yeah. Very nature, like quite literally the opposite of New York city. Um, what was it about like William and Mary taking away kind of like the sport aspect that drew you in and you kind of felt 
at a young age, like right, like a junior in high school, like this is the place I wanna I wanna go to. I think well, it had come on my radar through like meeting the coach, and then I did some more research, and I'd always put academics very high. Um, so then seeing it didn't have a huge name in New York, but once I did like a little bit of research, I quickly found out that the school is, you know, really competitive and it had a Marine bio Marine science program. And so I was like, okay, it's checking those boxes. And I went to the camp and I just remember I can like see my teammates face. She was like the most energetic, like excited person. Like all the team was so like stoked to be at camp and the energy was super contagious. And I knew there was something special there with the team and they all like truly seemed to be so close. And then once I had then gone on my visit and really experienced that, I loved the school for the academics and how pretty the campus is and it's quiet. And I kind of liked something different than what I grew up with, but the team definitely was the reason I chose the school. And, and the reason I like will only say positive things about the school because I love my team so much. And it definitely, we have a really good culture, really special culture, which I know is, can be a hard thing to find when you're looking for such a high level program of, or of a sport in any sport. Um, it's really the best part about this school. That's awesome. Um, backtracking a little bit when you were growing up, what were, the conversations around mental health, like if there were any? Yeah, there weren't many. Um, I definitely, I always grew up close to my family. So I felt, I definitely was lucky in like telling my parents how I was feeling, but I think I often believed that I wasn't supposed to feel certain ways. Um, it was really hard for me to admit I didn't want to swim anymore because it kind of felt like I was failing myself and failing the stream I had and and my parents, even though they hadn't put that on me, but just the time and effort that they had spent for me, like in my swimming career. And so I think I never really understood mental health in the role of athletics. I struggled a lot with getting in my head while playing sports in every sport I played. That was always like the number one thing my coaches would say, like if she could just get out of her head, like she would keep, you know, she would do so well. Um, The potential she has, like if she just gets out of her head. And so I always like was aware to that, but it wasn't until college, I think where that conversation had started and I realized the role that mental health actually plays in athletics and how big of a change like it can make in your sport and in your life overall and that you can be more than an athlete it definitely didn't hit me until later that is that is interesting that it didn't hit you till later do you feel like um because I mean growing up in the city like I feel like playing all these sports it's probably very competitive I'm sure you want to kind of like um you know an uber competitive high school which you can tell me if if that's not the case but what I'm kind of picturing in my head right is like you're almost in this pressure cooker starting probably like in middle school maybe earlier and then you get to high school and and so that competition might not be anything new since it's probably all you've known but did you like in high school I guess what I'm trying to get at is like looking back do you do you know if like you those what you were feeling or what you were like thinking about was was always there it just kind of like came out to play later on down the road 
if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I think growing up in New York is really interesting. I went to a private school and it was interesting because my school wasn't very good at athletics. We had a couple good teams. I was like, my basketball team was very competitive. Like our lacrosse team like wasn't. So I was always known as like the athletic person. I was the first person in my high school to go and play division one sports. Um, and my high school is also new. I was like the fifth graduating class, I want to say. Um, but academically it was like super competitive. And I remember people even like questioning, like, the school I'd committed to because they were like, is that even a good school? Like there was always this pressure of like, you want to be the best um, in every aspect. And so that I think definitely was inward in me. And I always felt the need to like kind of fight back and be like, well, you don't know like what you're talking about, but I, or, or just keep it in. And looking back now and where I am and being now, you know, a senior in college and kind of towards the end of my athletic career, um, I definitely can see that there was a lot of stuff that I didn't really understand. Um, I didn't understand really like how to be in touch with myself or the power of like self-esteem and all of that. And so I definitely, like, I wish I could tell my younger self to, you know, one shut off out everything outside. Don't kind of listen to what people are saying and the pressure they're put. you feel that they're putting on you. It doesn't really exist. And also like, you know, make sure you develop yourself outside of being an athlete, because that is what matters at the end of the day. Like both, you know, be, play, being a lacrosse player is amazing and I love it so dearly, but it definitely, it can't define who I am because that would not be healthy. And I learned that in, you know, getting injured and, and kind of experience changing sports. I, I understood it a little bit, but now I really understand it. Yeah. I, th- I think it, I think it is interesting. Normally people kind of like learn, learn that, aspect or learn learn kind of like your sport does not define who you are um or like you know your value is not driven by these external things normally when one of those things is like taken away whether it be through injury or graduation or whatever the case um so you decide to go to William and Mary and you are also your freshman year was like the middle-ish of COVID like schools that shut down and then you were going in which I can't even imagine my sister was a rising sophomore and she went to Duke as well so her experience I like completely like cross-referenced to my experiences and I was like this is craziness like what your experience of like your freshman year getting canceled like basically canceled to sophomore year, like, I'm sure you had a very similar one of not being able to see people and having these like clusters and getting tested almost every day and masks on outside in the hundred degree weather. Um, what, what was that transition like from, you know, high school to college for you? Yeah, it was definitely not what I expected. Um, so yeah, my freshman year was 2020. 20 to 2021. So it was, you know, we'd gotten out of the quarantine, but we're st- still had strict rules. And William and Mary, as a university, had very strict rules. And then our team also, especially when season rolled around, had implemented really strict rules because if anybody had tested positive, season's over and that's it. Um, and it was, it was weird. I just remember like meeting people was so different. I it was great in terms of my class. So the class of 2024 had gotten really close because you could only hang out in groups of 10 or less. And we had nine in our class. So we were 
kind of with each other all the time. And we weren't really allowed to talk to anybody outside of the team with the risk of getting COVID. So it made us really close, but also isolated us a lot. Um, it was definitely a tough experience. Not like we weren't able to see our parents um, in season. We like we had to stay six feet apart from them. And if we went to dinner with them, we had to sit like outside at a table um, separately than them. So it was crazy. It couldn't eat in the dining halls. Um, it was all for this bigger like purpose that we'd bought into of, like the lacrosse team in our season. But looking back and then now experiencing like normal college or what feels like normal college, it's just like crazy. We'll talk to the freshmen about, you know, oh, this is what it was like. And they just it's almost like an urban. It. It's like an urban legend. Probably. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're no like, way. Yeah. Like I would have never been able to do that. And we're like, well, we I mean, we, we did. We figured it out. Like it wasn't. <laughs> and we made it fun and we figured out how to get through it. But it was definitely not what I expected. And I think I also put a lot of pressure on going to school and like it being like, everything's going to fall into place and you're going to meet your people and you're going to be an amazing star on the lacrosse team and all of this. And, and like things don't, you know, always work out quickly or exactly how you think they're going to. And for me, like I didn't connect with my teammates immediately. And that was really hard. Um, I didn't like get the playing time I expected. I went through and then I had a lot of hard stuff happen my freshman spring. So then it just kind of like, I, I really struggled with that idea of like college not being perfect immediately, which is so funny because now when I like talk to the younger girls on the team, I'm like, it's not going to look how you think it's going to look, <laughs> but it's still going to be awesome. Like you just have to trust it, but it's crazy. Cause I, I put so much pressure on it looking a certain way. I think that rings true to like everything in life. Even once you graduate, you know, I think we, we set ourselves, we like, have these expectations in our head and we're like, okay, this is going to go this way. And this is where I'm going to be in six months in a year, yada, yada. And like, I always say like the, not to get too like, you know, mumbo, whatever, but the universe <laughs> always has like something bigger at play. And, and I think that even if you're not where you were, you're always like going to end up where you need to be, which is a really hard thing to trust in. Um, but I think it makes life more fun when you're like, oh, this is a nice little, you know, side street you're taking me on and and can kind of like laugh at some things, um, some things along the way. How, how did COVID and like, I'm sure strict COVID rules impact your, your social life in terms of like team bonding and really getting to know one another. But also I know a really critical piece of my college experience was other athletes and friends outside of athletics. And so, yeah, and I'm, I don't need to speak for you, but it, like, what was that kind of like, that's gotta be a lot. Yeah, it was weird for sure. I just remember like not knowing my teammates going into the first practice because we couldn't be as a team. We couldn't do the normal, like we have a tradition of doing like a big team meal when all the freshmen move in and they, we weren't able to do that. Um, and it was like kind of highs from a distance. So as I'm getting to know, like my class, I also am like trying to get to know the upperclassmen and we didn't really get to know each other until honestly, like the season was over just because we couldn't be in a group bigger than 10. And so you only are getting to know like maybe your positional group at a time or the, your classmates or whatever, the, however it's split up. We, so it, it definitely was tough. And it's so interesting now to look at 
the way that the like teams bond when you don't have those restrictions because it still happened. We eventually like started to be close and you still build those relationships, but it, it happens at such a faster rate because like we didn't, we didn't have a locker room. We couldn't be in a locker room because um, too many girls in an enclosed space. So now lo- the locker room is like where you get all the information, like before practice, you're all sitting on the couch and everybody's like, this is what happened in my day. You'll never believe it. Or I got this score on my test and all, oh, we didn't have any of that. So it definitely, it definitely put like a wrench in, in the bonding process. And it's in, in terms of like other athletes too, we were really lucky in terms of a lot, all the athletes were put to one dorm, like one freshman dorm or a lot of them. So we at least got to like meet other athletes. And in the fall, when our rules weren't as strict because we weren't in season, we were able to like talk to the people in our dorms. So I was able to start relationships with other teammates. And then it was tough when spring came around and we couldn't see anybody outside of our team like those relationships, some of them stayed, some of them didn't because we didn't get to kind of continue it. But I had a couple, I live with now a girl from my freshman hall who's on the soccer team um, and and some other athletes. So I'm, and I agree, like having athlete friends who aren't on your team is one of the best experiences I've had at college. And I think everybody should, you know, get close with their team, but also get close with other athletes because it's so cool to hear about their experiences, but they get it. They, they understand the early practices and like the grind. Um, but it, it took years, like it took, you know, an extra two years for me to kind of really build those relationships. So it definitely played a big role socially. Um, but I did get to get really close with my class because we were all like, they had our dorms all next to each other because if we had got, one of us got COVID, like we could all just like quarantine together. So it was literally for COVID purposes, but we, it ended up making our class really close. And that has kind of continued through college. And my coach will always be like, we need to make all the girls live together like you guys did. And we're like, yeah, we don't want them to go through COVID again, but it worked. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. We are going to take a quick break and we'll get back to Tara and her story in a moment. I'd like to take a second to talk about Morgan's message, without whom this podcast would not be possible. Through amplifying stories, resources, and expertise to strengthen student-athlete mental health, we are building a community by and for athletes through peer-to-peer conversations and providing a platform for advocacy. Our vision is simple. Eliminate the stigma surrounding mental health within the high school and collegiate student-athlete communities. Equalize the treatment of physical and mental health in athletics. Normalize conversations in safe spaces. Empower those who suffer in silence and support those who feel alone. To get involved, to find out more, or to just see what we're up to, head to morgansmessage.org or follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at Morgan's Message. Let's get back to Tara. I want to talk a little bit about kind of your your mental health experience when you were in college like can you kind of walk us through what that timing was like what 
what that experience looked like. Give us a little insight into that. Yeah, I I really didn't th- going into freshman year. I I mental health was never like that much of a thought. It was mental toughness and like the mental side of the game, maybe like you know, make sure trying to get to the right mindset to perform, but nothing really like wellness wise or, or getting in touch with maybe with my emotions. Um, and I, looking back, I definitely could see that I wasn't like very in touch with myself. Um, and then it all kind of accumulated when my, uh, I want March of my freshman year, one of my really good friends had passed away and that like hit me really, really hard because losing somebody your age is really weird. And, I like couldn't go home for the funeral and it was COVID. I couldn't like hug my parents. And it was just like, it kind of took this experience that already sucks and like hurt so bad and like made it even harder for myself. And it kind of brought out a lot of mental health struggles that I didn't know I was, I maybe was experiencing before because it hadn't been as loud. Um, I know like the grief just brought out like a social anxiety that I didn't really understand until I had started to like super isolate myself um, in the grieving process and then had kind of gotten to my head that like nobody likes you and nobody wants to be around you. And so you should keep being by yourself and, you know, um, and hiding a lot of how I was feeling, which was really tough because all I wanted was for somebody to ask, how are you? And like, are you okay? But I also wouldn't let anybody give, like, I wouldn't give anybody that opportunity. I would really put a mask on after the first couple of weeks of grieving um because I kind of felt like there's supposed to be timeline right I'm supposed to get over it um and I was I mean people wanted to be there for me my coach was always checking in on me and I am like so grateful for that but it took me kind of realizing that I had to say something for to enable to try to like heal and like understand like what was going on in my head. Um, and I'd gotten injured also. So lacrosse was kind of out of the photo. I had like a season ending injury. I didn't, it wasn't anything crazy, but I'd hurt my shoulder and we're halfway through the season at that point. So I wasn't going to be able to recover in time. And so it, everything just kind of happened at once. And I was like, who am I? What's going on? I'm really sad. I've never been this sad in my life before. And I feel super alone, but I'm surrounded by people and I don't understand those feelings. And it, it was really hard, but I remember I was at um, a meeting. It was a Morgan's message meeting. Actually, one of the field hockey players had run it, but she's really good friends with our um, couple of our teammates. And it was like outside, we're all sitting six feet apart, but we split up into these little groups and it was just a check-in. And earlier that day we had practiced and one of my friends, it, it was, we were like on IR injury reserve. And one of my friends had said, you are the happiest person I've ever met. Like, I don't think you've ever been sad. And I just remember being like, I'm in so much pain right now. Like I, and nobody knows. And that's honestly like, I'm not letting anybody know. And that's when it kind of hit me. Like people aren't going to ask if I'm okay, because I look a hundred percent. And obviously we should be checking in on everybody and making sure they're all okay. But sometimes it's, you know, you think everybody's okay. And so I just was like, I'm not, I'm not doing well. I thought I would get Like I thought I would, the grieving process would be done by now, but it's not. And I'm still struggling and and just admitting that was like the biggest relief in my life and, and it spurred all like everybody being like, no, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, what can we do for you? And this, I had this huge outburst of everybody wanting to help me in any way that they could. And that's when I realized like, okay, you know, I don't have to go through this alone. And, and more people are, you know, having these dark thoughts or moments or, you know, tough, like 
memory, I don't know, all these things like that more people are having it than I think. So that, that kind of changed my life and opened my eyes that it's okay to like not be okay. And that sounds so cheesy, but it, it took me going through that to realize that I have to advocate for myself too. The, the self-aware, like one, thank you for sharing all that too. I like listening to that. The first thing I think is like, wow, your insight and self-awareness upon reflection of like, you know, like I want someone so badly to ask how I am, but I'm not giving them the opportunity to is I think pretty boiled down to like what people with depression struggle with all the time is like you know the isolation well no one wants to be around me I want someone to like and you being able to kind of concisely now see that is is incredible I mean you know it is really really sad that you were feeling like you were feeling that way and so many people feel that way but I love that like you had that light bulb moment where you know, a teammate said like, you're, I've never seen you not happy. And you kind of were like, oh gosh, like I have this mask on, like no one is like going to see what I'm going through. The more that I like keep this mask on and I don't say anything because like we can be, I think like we as humans, like we can portray happiness, but we can also, you know, state like I am feeling this way or I am feeling this way. And, you know, I'm not going to let it dictate like my day-to-day persona in terms of like whatever, but I do also want to feel what I'm feeling. Um, so yeah, that's so powerful. Um, with that, like what, once you recognize that, what did your healing journey look like moving forward after that light bulb moment? Um, yeah, it was that was such a freeing moment because I I kind of had admitted outwardly and inwardly that I was struggling because my mom was probably the only person who knew that I was going through all this because I call her every day about like everything I was upset about. Um, but I had started journaling like a little bit when I um was before I had admitted to my friends and my teammates that I was struggling. Um, just because I one of the another thing that came out of kind of the grief and and I definitely struggled with before, but maybe didn't put a name to it was I had really low self-esteem and did like, was very hard on myself and really was just like, you are, you know, not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not this. And I would have those thoughts all the time. And so it's, it started a little bit of just like writing affirmations. And for me, the outlet is journaling and it can be something else for other people, but, um, I was not ready. Like when I wasn't ready to tell people journaling had kind of become a little bit of a thing. Um, and then once I had admit, admitted outwardly and inwardly that I just wasn't okay, I started to get more into journaling. I would just write about my feelings, write about my friend who had passed, write about just everything that was going on. And, and it really helped me like put a point in like understanding how I was feeling. Um, and it, it also made me realize like the power of prioritizing your mental health in like any way, like just writing something down, even if it was like a simple affirmation had started to like, I started to feel the impact of it. And I started getting a little bit more open with talking about how I was feeling and with my like really close friends. And I, um, I definitely was like really scared about it, but the timing worked out where 
I'd gone home then for the summer um, after I'd started to get into this journaling thing and in this healing thing. And um, I like went home and was able to be by the ocean, which is like really cathartic for me and with my parents and kind of like fell into like listening to like those podcasts that talk about, you know, being the best version of yourself. And I got really into the self, I don't want to say self-help, but like the self self-care, self-growth. Yeah. Yeah. Self-care. I started kind of prioritizing, like doing things that made me feel good and not feeling guilty for them. And also like understanding that that's just as important as, you know, sometimes like lacrosse is going to make me feel amazing, but sometimes I'm going to need to take a break. Um, because I also was doing PT that summer and was getting like very frustrated with the pace at which I was like going. Um, and since then I've like kind of div- dove, dove head first into the, um, the mental health and wellness space, just because I've seen the power that it's had on myself. And I have started to try to be an outlet to my friends to just be like, you know, if you can't tell anybody what's going on, like you can tell me, cause I understand how hard it is to like admit these things. Um, I was able to talk to my team last spring. We have like, a or, yeah, we have a retreat every year and our coach will pick somebody to speak and kind of talk about their story. And I, she chose me cause she knew a good amount of what I had gone through and she like, let me speak. And she didn't, she after was like, I didn't even know all the things you're going through. Like, thank you for sharing that. But a lot of people had come up and just been like, I didn't know like you had this and, and you like saying this has made me feel so much better. Like I have these struggles or some things like that. So it's, I think a lot of my healing journey is like just trying to like make it known that it's okay to be vulnerable and like, it's okay to tell your friends you're like off. Like the other day, I literally told my best friend here, I was like, Hey, I'm having an off week. So like random things are going to make me cry. And I don't know why, but don't be concerned (laughs) if I'm crying because I'm just feeling weird. And she was like, okay, got it. Like I'm aware. And if I had like, if you told me that going into my freshman year, you know, what, what is that four years ago that I would be openly admitting to people that I wasn't like happy and a hundred percent at all times, I would have thought you were crazy. And so I I'm really proud of myself for the journey too. But I think a big part of it is choosing healing. And like it, it's so hard because you see your friends sometimes struggle and, and you want to be there for them. And I think the best thing you can do is just like be a presence in their life and you have to be with them until they kind of choose to go to feel better because my my mom for example tried to you know tell me your friends don't hate you you're awesome like you're beautiful all these things but it didn't i went through one ear out the other until i kind of realized i also have to like think this think and that. believe this mm-hmm. totally so it sounds like um journaling and affirmations were a huge part of your healing journey how how are you kind of stepping into this like mental health advocacy like n- since you're going through what you're going through are you sharing you know this with the underclassmen friends family can you take us through what that looks like yeah i um i started i didn't tell talk to a ton of people about it until I had, um, I'm trying to, I think it was going into my freshman or sophomore year of college. So after my freshman year, I started this Instagram account where I just started like posting, like, this is what I'm doing today. Like I'm running. Oh, I didn't do as well as I wanted to do running, but that's okay. And like, it was kind of an online journal and kind of an, also I needed, it was like a little bit of accountability of like holding myself to like this 
mindset that I really wanted to buy into, which is like just trying to be present and trying to, you know, be kind to yourself, but also push yourself because it's a weird line being a college athlete. Like I am competitive. I want to be the best. I want to push myself, but also like I being hard on myself doesn't give me anything and still working on that all the time. I am always trying to not yell at myself if, you know, you don't get the run test score you wanted or didn't, you know, do wall ball that day. Um, but I started to share on there and, um, I would just talk about like anything, anything I was feeling. I opened up about like some insecurities on there that I had had. Um, and people like, it was awesome because my friends had started to know this stuff and they were always positive, like my teammates, but I had people like in different grades starting to be like, this is awesome. Like, thank you for sharing this. Like makes me feel so much better. People on different teams, people from high school who I hadn't talked to in a while. And my account is like tiny and still, you know, in, in my circles, like I know basically everybody who follows it, but I'll have people like text me. I had somebody text me like a couple months or a couple weeks ago. And it was somebody I hadn't talked to since high school. And they were like, I just want you to know that your Instagram, like you posting, like you being real means so much to me. And like, it helps me like want to prioritize myself the same way. And I was like, thank you. That is so <laughs> kind. Cause all I want is to, you know, hold myself accountable to just be kind and to myself and to others and, and also help others if I can, because I, I know how much I needed that and, and to see something like that. So that's been a really huge part of it. And just trying to talk about it and like be open. And um, I now like when I celebrate the, it, like when the anniversary of my friend's passing comes around, like I'll do um, something to like celebrate her. And I like invite my teammates and it's just like to be around my friends and like enjoy like junk food and have a good time because that's like how I want to celebrate somebody I love so much. So stuff like that um, has really played a big role in, in me trying to be an advocate. Um, and then also being a Morgan's message ambassador, that's been really awesome. And and having the club here and, and getting to spread that has been a huge part of it as well. I love it. I love all the ways you're kind of touching, touching people and, and making a difference. Um, really like I, I feel like with hard things, sometimes they can, like break us down. And I think it's so powerful when we take something hard that we go through and turn it into something impactful and like promising and providing hope and whatnot, kind of like what you're doing with, you know, speaking out and your Instagram. So I love it all. Um, we are coming up on time. So I'd like to ask some closing questions if that's okay. Yes, totally. My first question is, what do you do on a daily basis to kind of like reset your mind or really like refill your cup on your hard days? Yeah, I'm a huge advocate for morning routine. I'm like a huge morning person too. And I really like to have that time alone to myself. And so it changes like based on the season and like based on how productive I am. I've had to like remind myself that because my routine is not as strict as it normally is right now. <laughs> um, but I will always try to write down a few things I'm grateful for every day, normally in the morning. But if I don't get to it, I'll just try to do it in the nighttime in my journal or even in my notes app just to kind of ground myself. Um, and I like to just wake up and try my best not to be on my phone when I get up just because I 
am still working on, you know, not comparing myself and not getting into those mindsets. So it's nice to just have that time to myself. Um, I'm a huge advocate for um, meditation, journaling, anything like that, whatever gets you in the right headspace. I've, I try to meditate a few days a week just to get a little more present and in the moment um, and gratitude. I, I said that, but I, I think every it's changed the way I've like viewed the world of just like writing down three things I'm grateful for every day. Um, so that always gets me in a good spot. And then on harder days, just calling somebody and, or, or texting somebody, I think I used to self-isolate so bad and, and then I would get mad at my friends for not reaching out. I get mad at myself for not like, you're not close with people or like, I just get so hard on myself about it. And so now I have to remind myself, like, I love these people. They love me. Like you can just call them or you can just text them and, and we can do something. We can go get ice cream and go for a walk. Um, that's been a big shift. I think, especially in the last year of just driving over to my friend's place and being like, Hey, you want to watch a movie? And something like that can really reset my whole day and my whole mindset too. Just like you have people that want to be there for you. So that's been awesome for me too. Totally. My last question is, what are you most grateful for? That's a great one. Um, (laughs) Overall, it's always just waking up um, healthy and and alive. Um, Right now, specifically, I am really grateful for, um, I'm in my college, I'm in Williamsburg in my college town this summer. And it's been so nice to kind of have Williamsburg to myself and get to explore it. So I'm really grateful for this like quiet time I've had here before everybody comes back because I feel like I've gotten like really close in in a spiritual way almost <laughs> to Williamsburg and the nature here. And I'm just grateful for this time I've had. That's awesome. Tara, thank you so much for coming on the mental matchup. I feel like our conversation flew by. I can't even believe that it's I know. I, mean, I was like, wait, when you said the time thing, I was like, oh my God. I know. No, I was like, oh no. Um, not like an oh no, but I I just didn't realize that it was gonna fly so fast. Um, but truly, thank you so much for coming on and talking about your experiences and you know how you're becoming a mental how you are being a mental health advocate in your community. And I'm so grateful for you. So thank you again. Thank you. This is such an amazing opportunity. I really appreciate it. And all the, your podcasts are awesome. And all the work Morgan's message does is just amazing. So to be a part of this organization is just something I am like so grateful for and really like stoked about that. I get to even like have the pin on my backpack. Another huge thank you to Tara for coming on the mental matchup and being so vulnerable and sharing her own experiences and what she's been through, you know, the past three plus, five plus, ten plus years. Um, I think from her unique upbringing in New York City to playing a collegiate sport and moving and all of the in-betweens going to college during COVID, which is so different from what a lot of us experienced um maybe not a lot but you know just the the difference in socialization forming those connections really finding your people early on and and bonding with your team and so 
I'm really excited that Tara was able to come on and share her unique experiences. And hopefully, you know, each one of you took some different learning away from this episode. Again, if you want to go follow Tara's own mental health and wellness journey, you can head to at TS Good Vibes on Instagram. If you want to get in touch with the mental matchup, if you want to come on the mental matchup, share your story, whether it be on our podcast, on our written platform, we would love to have you on, chat with you, give you more information about it. So reach out to submission at morgansmessage.org. Or you can head to morgansmessage.org to find out more. And lastly, thank you so much to Morgan's Message for presenting this podcast. We would not be here without them. If you want to find out more, follow along, or you know, get involved, you can head to morgansmessage.org or find us on Instagram at morgansmessage. We will see you next episode.